0: from the water polo the World cup at peninsula leisure center and we're watching the under 12s from right around new south wales in action this morning at this fantastic venue hey look who's back the great michael butner good morning mate
1: g'day steve-o uh how good is it to be here There looks like a familiar face there young uh, graham carroll he, he looks like he's uh there he is uh, blowing his hey. whistle
0: Oh, Having a crack at us already. Yeah, the super coach. Yeah, this is
1: uh, it's almost the uh, mini version of water polo, Steve. I've noticed that the uh, the kids are playing in sort of half the size field that they normally would, or not field, but pool area that they would normally uh, play in. Um, what a great initiative.
0: Uh, I tell you, it brings back so many great memories. Uh, all of our kids, of course, play water polo. You've had a go at the uh, Celebrity Day. I
1: did. I ha- Actually, I had to put flippers on to uh, keep myself above water because... Um, I just knew I couldn't compete otherwise. But, uh, yeah, what, it's a great event here and uh, great to see so many youngsters in the pool uh, trading trading blows and uh, having shots at that uh, net, inflatable net, I noticed.
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll find out more about the Nile World Cup and how many teams from around New South Wales are joining us across the weekend. I tell you, Buttes, big weekend of sport. Branch Surf Life Saving is mm-hmm. on at Shelley Beach. I know the carnival may be on hold for a little while because there's some big swell. So Masters today, yep. followed by the Open event tomorrow, and also Rugby Sevens by the Sea, hosted by the Lakes Rugby Club. It's the eighth annual event, and teams from right around the coast involved in that one as well.
1: Yeah, look, there's plenty going on uh, around the coast, which is fantastic to see. And uh, and obviously, the last night, we saw a couple of trial matches in the NRL. We saw the start of the... The Super Rugby, which is under a new name now, uh, Rugby Pacifica or something along those lines. Um, obviously, the cricket was on last night. and uh, Not that we care too much about that anymore. It's Cricket season's over for
0: mine. Yeah, you can't say that because oh, Gary, the guru, Birkinshaw, oh, joining us back. in yeah. the second hour. Hey, uh, I think we've got our first guest waiting on the line. Tony Clark, are you there, mate? Good morning. I, I am, boys. Good morning to you. Hey, you must be ecstatic. It's the Danika Clark Race Day at Gosford Races getting underway today, around about midday. Uh, what a fantastic event it is. And uh, TC, we've got a couple of superstar guests joining us, including an Olympic silver medalist.
2: Yeah, quite an incredible, Steve. And, uh, I mean, it's been a very tiring week, of course, for all of us getting, um, you know, we've got upwards of 300 people attending today. Uh, just a big thank you to the Gosford Race Club for all uh, all their help in, uh, in getting it done. But... Uh, I think it's going to be a huge surprise and, and what a privilege for us, you know, to be able to have a, a homegrown Olympic, you know, an Iranian silver medalist. Uh, it, it's just quite incredible. And of course, uh, you know, in it England, and then of course, our, our first ever scholarship holder in, in the great Chris Dodd. So yeah, really looking forward to a great day. What a great response it's
1: been from the community, as it always has been for the Danica Clark Foundation, Clarkie. But... You know, when you consider what everybody's gone through over the last 18 months, two years, uh, their first chance to get behind an event, and they have come out in
2: massive numbers. Yeah, they have, Michael. We say it, it, it we've stayed all the time, don't we? The, the, the central coach he just blows us away with the, their support. You know, and uh, and I mean, we—I I think we, you know, we probably gloss over a couple of uh, uh, on on the role that we can, you know, the role that we do play. You know, within that community, and it's something that I know is, you know. Uh, members of the board that you're, you're all very proud of. And it's something that is Kerry and I as patrons that we're extremely proud of that we can keep honouring Dimeca in this way. But, uh, you know, what an exciting year for us. It'll be a wonderful day today. Then, of course, uh, in a month or so time, we uh, we announce our 100th um, uh, recipient of the scholarship, which is a, an incredible milestone, you know, for the foundation.
1: Yeah, you, you know what, when you talk about the uh, scholarship holders and the recipients, um, year after year, it just keeps... Blowing not only us away, board members, but I guess the, the rest of the community in relation to the calibre and the skill level and the range of athletes that not only apply but actually end up becoming scholarship holders.
0: Yeah, and if you look, TC, if you look at that period where Nicola came on board... Scholarship holder just before her is Riley Fitzsimmons, who's a two-time Olympian. Mm. Jai Opatia also received a scholarship around that time. He went to the London Olympic Games. Then you've got two Paralympians who came in around the same time. So that's Victoria Pendergast in the sit skiing and Ray Ray Anderson, Anderson. who we're, we're about to see in Beijing. So it's unbelievable, the talent on the Central Coast.
2: Yeah, it is. That's funny you say that. That just gives me a shiver then because I, you, you don't realise and I don't think the people realise, especially not so much in the mainstream sports, you know, not your, your football or your rugby league or your cricket, you know, like the, the sports that are a little bit obscure and, uh, you know, the talent on the case, is say every year, as Michael just said, you know, it just blows us away and, uh, you know, the, 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 the people today will realise and, of course, with our major fundraiser at Magara, in August, you know that, that the more the more we uh, income we can generate, the more you know the more athletes we can help. So yeah, no, it's, it's incredible the the, the 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 talent that uh, is, is within the Central Coast community.
0: Hey TC, I've got a couple of questions for you. Firstly, are you in hair and makeup at the moment? Uh, I'm not sure what you can do with your appearance. Uh, you know, so that's question <laughs> mate, one, mate. There is not enough <laughs> makeup or
1: there whatever else you want to put on your oh, head. All. Right there, you're correct. Mate, you started three days ago, didn't you, to get yourself ready? <laughs> unless, unless we, unless it's a masquerade ball, I'm,
2: I'm, I'm in trouble.
0: Yeah. Uh, the second, more serious question: How many races on the program, and is there a feature race?
2: Uh, there's there's eight races uh, Stubo today. The first one kicks off at twelve thirty-six. Uh, the, uh, the we we have this year uh, eight sponsors of the races, um, and each one is as important as, as the other. You know, so. Uh, it's just a, a wonderful day you know we we're able to show, showcase ourselves to, to some new sponsors which we're really looking forward to and, uh, and I know that everyone will just have a, a crackle of a day.
0: Hey TC and Buttes I know you both want to talk about the trials in the Rugby League last night so the Raiders winners against the Roosters in trial footy, 32 points to 18 and the Sea Eagles well, I watched a bit of this game last night. In the end, they've creamed the West Tigers 28 to four. I might start with you, Butts, because you said you can't see a win coming for the West Tigers. I know it's only trial footy, but fairly disappointing.
1: Uh, look, I, I look I only. I only saw the highlights. So what I did see was they were, uh, they missed a couple of opportunities in that first half early, uh, but then after that, it was all manly. And this is against the manly side that were second string. And I look at. Um, I just don't know where it's going to come from, uh, TC, I can't see the cattle that they need to be a serious threat in this competition at all. And I mean, when I say a serious threat, I mean just even making the top eight.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, 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 definitely. But I think, I think, like we're we're being involved in the junior reps. Uh, we've we've been uh, seen the Western Suburbs Magpies, and of course we were down at Balmain last week, and. Michael, they're doing some terrific things, you know, their, their development program, now they've got Tim Sheen on board, will be second to none. You know what I hope, I mean, it is going to be a battle for them, we can't get away from that fact, but I think you know, if we if we read about pressure on Michael Maguire after two weeks or, but you know, it's not going to do anyone any good. I think that we really have to show some, some patience and, and, and because they are heading in a, in a good direction. You know, like, they're, they're Bellmain Juniors last week, they're, 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 they're like well, they're under Paul Syronin. And it's just... Because he was... Syronin was saying, he said that we're finally, finally working to the one goal. That Balmain and West are separate in the Juniors and, and the Newcastle World Cup, but they're working to the NOL thing. And he said the, 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 the difference that only the short time that Tim machines has been involved. I thought it was very disappointing last night. You can't sugarcoat it. Um, but I just hope that, that there's some patience around what they're doing. Because, you know, the, the, the things that people aren't seeing is, uh, is, is the things that are going to help them within, you know, two to three years, Michael. Yeah, yeah, look, I, I agree with what you're saying there, mate. Uh, and But it's, you know, this is really
1: tough for Major McGuire because you know, Clarkie, what the NRL is like, that unless the club are prepared to give you that time, mate, you're, you're on the chopping block.
0: Yeah, but we saw a club backer coach this week in St. George, Illawarra with Anthony Griffin.
2: Yeah, exactly. And what a, what a great move that is because, again... What, what Anthony Griffin has done down there with a junior, and, and he's put Matty Elliott in charge with Matthew Head, um, you know, some really smart people involved again, and they're breeding their own. And as we keep saying, like, you go to, you go to South, you go to Penrith, you go to Melbourne, you know, they're breeding their own. I mean, that's a funny thing to say about Melbourne, but with their connections on the Sunshine Coast, that's where they're breeding their own. And it's what the Roosters have been doing for the last five years five or six years, probably longer, you know. So uh, it, 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 it's something that um, is, it, it, you know, I reckon the best example too, Steve, we saw last night was how impressive were the Canberra Raiders with local teams yeah.
1: playing. Yeah, you're right, mate. The Raiders were good. And I've got to say, um, you know, they, they come up against the Rooster side. They clearly didn't uh, go in full strength. But nevertheless, and I've got, you know, I've got a little uh, fact sheet here about the Raiders. You know, they finished 10th last year. The disappointing with only ten wins, and I think that was probably they were probably the most disappointing club throughout season 2021. Um, but one of the big things for me, when you look at their list, the likes of Josh Papali, Nickol Klockstad, Jared Croker, Josh Hodson, Jamal Fogerty, they've picked up from um, the Titans, who I think will be a very good buy for them. Adam Elliott from the Bulldogs, another good buy, and Whitehead Jack Whiten. Like that's a side on paper that for me are going to be one of the big improvers in 2022. And I just... Um, I think when you look at the local juniors and what they're producing... Clarky I spoke to Nathan Brown about this when he was working on Australian AUSTAC. There is no doubt that teams that win competitions need to have local juniors. And when I say local juniors, guys that have been in their system for a long period of time, as in three, four, five years. They understand the culture of the club. They've come together. Uh, they've come through the system... And they understand what it's well, about.
0: Well, you know, I'm going to be biased here, Bukes, but when Canterbury won in 2004, 11 of the 17 stayed at Bulldog House, so they played Bulldog Juniors. They relocated from wherever they were around Australia and overseas, and they played through the junior system. TC. Oh, exactly, See
2: What a stat that is, you know, and that's going back to 2004. So you know, it, it, it's quite incredible. And the other thing, Michael, with developing your own is you getting them at a cut. Uh, cut price rate. You're not paying overs for them. You're not having to go to the market all the time, and that's where. And you can see it with Penrith now, um, is that they're losing some, but they've got the benefit of having those kids come through. You know, so um, yeah, like I tell I, I, I you, I, I, the, the is I think it was probably a hangover from the Grand Final of, of uh, 20, uh, 2020, Michael. You know, a little bit, and I, I think Rich, Ricky would be uh, would be kicking himself on a couple of things um, that, that happened down there. Um, I tell you what, a, what a big difference to make. It was great to see the, the uh, like he's an NRL standard coach. And you know, Mick Crawley sitting next to Ricky last night. You know, Mick will, uh, he's, uh, uh, you know, I worked with him at Newcastle, and, and, and he's been his trade up in North Queensland. Comes, comes back to the Raiders, and again, he's in charge of the elite pathway. So you know, it argues well for, for the Raiders' future.
0: Hey, TC, do you want to stay and talk some more footy? We're off to our first break this morning, but have you got a little bit of time in your busy schedule? Yes, I'll
2: put the makeup off, and uh, you've got another three minutes.
0: Yeah, the great Tony Clark, uh, he's coming back after the break. Uh, By the way, Buttes, we're watching a local derby here right in front of us. It's the Mighty Ducks from the entrance up against Wyong here at the NAR World Cup. Teams from right around New South Wales in this under-12 tournament at Peninsula Leisure Centre. And we're live this morning, Saturdays on the Coast, on SEN. Get-
3: BJ House Metal Land. The Coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhouse.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track.
0: Yeah, we're back live from the NAR World Cup at uh, PLC Peninsula Leisure Centre. So junior teams from right around New South Wales. I can see the Hunter Hurricanes are warming up. Ooh, look uh, at their senior team, which includes my son Corey. They've flown to Brisbane today. They've got a double header in the National Water Polo League against Queensland and. That's a star-studded lineup who are undefeated so far this year, so looking forward to that clash.
1: You know what I'm loving, Steve? That uh, community sport is back. Like last week, I was up at uh, Coffs Harbour for the Australian National Championships, the junior championships for Oztag. Uh, and you know what? It's great that we are starting to get back. And I think community sport makes everything feel normal again.
0: Yes, yeah. Uh, last week, I was at the All-Star game at Combank Stadium Beautiful. in Parramatta. Classic example. Wasn't sure what the crowd would be like, because it's been embraced in other areas, the All-Stars concept, but 26,000 fans, and the atmosphere was unbelievable, and I think they've got the mix right between the Indigenous All-Star team and the Maori All-Star team, and we had we had three games. We had a touch game first, yep. which was an international and that's how these games are classed. They're international matches. And plenty of, plenty of theatre, too, with a running battle between Fafita, who was making his comeback after that dreadful injury last year up at Redcliffe, yep. Fafita up against Rapiner. And both of them went to the bin at one stage.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was comical. At, uh, but you know what? I think you're right in terms of the concept. I think previously the way they went about it probably didn't grab the attention of, you know, footy fans. But when you are bringing in this culture that people, you know, this is their heritage. This is what they are proud of and what they, and I heard the Indigenous guys say that this is, you know, apart from the grand final, this is as good as it gets for them.
0: Yeah, it's more than a game. Yes. And some of the ceremonies or, you know, the dances prior to kickoff, I think the game was delayed half an hour because of the choreograph moves yep. that, that were done where, where they end up in each other's faces throwing spears at each other. But what it
1: shows me is that that passion
0: yes. and that desire
1: is there. And you know what? You'd love to see that because with so these players are so stereotyped uh, and I guess they're so regimented in what they do at club land that they can go and experience this and embrace their culture because and do it amongst fellow teammates who are also like-minded and if they're not like-minded, after a couple of days, they are well and truly entrenched in that culture and that heritage, which I think is really important for them.
0: Yeah, we we don't want our athletes to be sterile. Like my son Corey sent me a message saying, Dad, I love the Harker. Yep. And I said, don't forget, you've got some New Zealand roots. You could represent the Kiwis at some stage if need be. But we did see a Central Coast girl last week, Tony Clark, who was outstanding in the women's match. Back at that level, at that highest level, uh, Kira Dib, she just had a sensational game. And also, I know you're watching closely, big uh, uh, Shaq Mitchell, who is also playing for a contract at the South Sydney Rabbitohs, Latrell's older brother, who's 26. What What were your thoughts of his performance? It was
2: hard, you know, it was, just, it was, it was you know, incredible, the, the, the passion that they, they showed. Of course, Kira was uh, part of the Nanika Clark Foundation uh, only a couple of years ago, too. So, great to see her back at, uh, at, at the top level and, and hopefully that, uh, you know, she stays injury-free. And, uh, you know, really looking forward to her um, uh, having a big presence in the in the upcoming um, uh, women's league. Uh, yeah, it's just a wonderful... Sorry, wonderful story with Big shack, You know, he's lost over 40 kilograms. Always had the talent, um, you know, and it's well known that he was with us uh, for those five years at Wyong and... Uh, and for him to, to work so hard to lose the weight and, and, and to do it. You know, I, I read with interest that he's, um, you know, he's been taking the next step forward uh, to be part of the, uh, the Rabbit's um, full-time squad. So, you know, he's having to check. I texted him during a week. He texted straight back and um, said he's never been involved in anything quicker. It was a bit quicker than playing third grade for a while. But um, he, just, uh, he, just <laughs> no. he just absolutely loved it. And uh, he, he's just a really good feel-good story.
1: I know we're very biased here, right, because of our association with the foundation, but it's amazing how many, like, you know, the fact that we've been able to identify uh, or we get applications from so many athletes who have then gone on and done so many amazing things. Like You know, we've rattled off five or six names this morning. And they're all at the top echelon of the game. We haven't even mentioned Matty Graham, who's also a silver medalist. Or Matt Matt Dawson. Or Matt Dawson is a medalist as well. Like, you just keep rattling them off and you just go, wow, I forgot about that kid. Oh, wow, phenomenal.
0: But, you know, when they came on the radar with the Danica Clark Foundation, they're just talented kids like everyone else. You've got no idea what their destiny is. Correct. And so the cream rises. Uh, I mean, when you look back and you go, wow, I mean... Uh, athletes like that that are now two-time Olympians and both medalists, and they're part of the inaugural Danika Clark Foundation intake, I think back in 2008,
1: 2009. Mate, it blows me away. Like, it seriously does. Absolutely blows me away. Clarky. You, you can comment on it because I just, it just bewilders me how good and how great athletes on the coast are and what they've able been able to do. And for us to have an association or to support them or assist them in some way, shape, or form... Uh, has been great for the, uh, us as well
2: well oh, it has i mean the satisfaction that we as a board and, and i know the pride that the family has you know uh, you know' we'd much rather denise for being here but it certainly gives us a uh, a sense of purpose you know about her loss um but michael you know to in the, the the stories i love you know we're talking about our olympians and our first grade footballers and, and you know you forget the safiti boys were part of us too you know and uh, of course and, and we were we were there we were there just as uh the journey was beginning and, and I know that uh, when Nicola tells her story, you know, I mean, it, it, it brings a tear to your eye, you know, what we did for her, which we didn't, you know, really didn't know what we were doing. But now she looks back and, you know, we were there when no one else was there. And, uh, uh, you know, but we we get, as you know, we, we get, a, if we're keeping a, a young fella playing, um, you know, local football for Terrigal, you know, that we get as much satisfaction out of that. And that's... Uh, Something that Nika was about, and uh, and something as a foundation we're about to, you know. And, and as I said, what, what do we have this year? Thirty-two applicants, and you know, honestly, we could have given thirty-two away. It's, uh, it's just, uh, you know, the financial constraints, of course. But but the talent, you know, we just keep rolling in and rolling in. And hopefully, Michael, in another five years, we're we're talking another couple of Olympians, you know.
0: Yeah. We're talking to Tony Clark, uh, local multiple premiership winning coach, coming up soon. Nick Montgomery, head coach of the. Central Coast Mariners. TC, two minutes left in this segment. We've got a couple of trials today. One of them is Melbourne up against the Warriors. We'll see Dallin wattenay Zelesniak for the first time with the Warriors. We'll also see Nick Meaney, former Bulldog, who's now down at the Melbourne Storm. But I think a game that we might want to talk about is Monday at 7pm, McDonald Jones Stadium. Knights versus the Bulldogs. And I heard on SEN Radio yesterday in Sydney, Matty Johns talking about the role his brother will play, the eighth immortal, mm. who's involved with the halves, who's involved with the back line at the Newcastle Knights. What do you expect?
2: Oh, I think it's you know to, to be excited about a trial game is a funny thing to say, isn't it? But I'm I really looking forward to it because both clubs, I mean, have had a, a large turnover. Well, especially the Dogs and, and uh, with it, with, it, with their signings, they've been very uh, astute in that. But but yeah, it, I I think. At the night uh well I'm really hoping that the night show us something early. You know, I I, I, I think that uh Andrew I, I was involved with Andrew not dropping names but uh, Andrew was part of the coaching staff at Hanley when we were there and it's just unbelievable. you could sit and watch him for eight hours, like for the whole day. He just uh with how he dissects football and, 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 and teaches teaches um you know the, the boys on the on the different areas of the world he's outstanding. I think he'll have a, a marked influence up there but yeah no it'll be um, It'll be, uh, as I said, it's funny to be excited about a trial game, but I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it. And, uh, and as I said, I hope, uh, for, for rugby league's sake, uh, that both clubs, um, you know, hit the running and, uh, and are going to show their supporters that they're going to be, you know, very competitive in, in 22.
1: I'm going to say a few words about Newcastle after the break, uh, after we come from the news and, and my thoughts on them. But for me, two key wo- there's two key words for the Newcastle Knights. Caelan Ponga, right? That's all that needs to be said. If he's on... There are a chance. If he's not, then it's going to be a tough
2: season, I believe.
0: Yeah. Hey, TC, we're off to the news, mate. Uh, Thanks so much for your time. We look forward to seeing you at the race day later on today.
2: Good on you, boy. Thanks for having me.
0: Tony Clark joining us, uh, patron of the Danica Clark Foundation, also multiple premiership winning coach. We're off to the news. Back in a few moments with Mariners head coach Nick Montgomery. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN. Yeah, welcome back. We're live from PLC, Peninsula Leisure Centre. They're warming up for the next game here. I saw the Ride Water Polo Clubber here. Uh, I said a moment ago we saw the Hunter Hurricanes are ready for action. Uh, probably a couple of hundred people at the pool. We'll get our good mate Graham Carroll on for a chat soon.
1: I'm just watching this little 12-year-old in the, uh, the goalkeeper. Like he's just got his head above the water, right? Yeah. He can't reach the top of the net. So any shot at goal... <laughs> Unless it goes directly at him, he's basically going in. Like, it's so hard for them at this age to, A, keep yourself above the water, B, try and stop anything coming at you apart from using your head
0: yeah yeah uh his mum and dad might be listening so let's not be too disparaging no no, it's not about the kid itself it's just about
1: how hard it is for these kids to be able to stay afloat like it's it's a real challenge for them yeah Uh, and i've only got sympathy for the goalkeeper that's all and
0: and the day being organized by our great friend paula woolley from water polo new south wales i'll give you a fast fact and you know I'm i'm a proud and biased parent but my daughter talia was in the Breakers-Sydney Northern Beaches dream team. They won three Australian junior titles. Mm-hmm. And Butch, you being involved in grassroots sport with Oztag, with you know just how massive that is to win an Australian junior title.
1: Yeah, I was fortunate enough on the weekend to coach the boys under-17s up at uh, Coffs Harbour. And they got the chocolates, which was nice, a, a really strong effort. And, in fact, the Central Coast, again, continued to dominate at... Uh, representative level when it comes to Oztag by taking out the club championship uh, at the national championships with five premierships uh, in uh, different divisions. Um, It was a great weekend up there. And again, mate, the fact that community sport was back was a real positive.
0: Hey, let's just throw back to the studio momentarily. Justin is there. Good morning, mate. Great to have you steering the ship uh, in place of Adam Staples. And have we got the Mariners head coach online, Nick Montgomery?
4: He's on the line now, Steve.
0: Yeah, beautiful,
4: Justin. Uh, Great eh? to
0: have you on the air, buddy. Uh, Let's go live to Melbourne. Mariners up against Victory tonight at Amy Park. I know they met a couple of weeks ago in the FFA Cup final, but tonight it's in the A-League. And, Monty, good morning, mate. You must be excited. You've got a full squad. Rue Tonjik's back in, and we're ready to go again against Melbourne Victory, who lost. They lost 2-0 against the Wanderers midweek.
5: Yeah, hey, guys. How are you?
0: Yeah, we're good, buddy.
1: Great to have you on. And uh, yeah, tell us how it's all shaping up for you guys against Melbourne Victory.
5: Yeah, obviously they're, they're a good side. We we uh, you know it's not it's not a revenge game from the final. It's in the early competition. So yeah, we've travelled. Uh, we've got a four day stay in Melbourne. We play Melbourne Victory tonight, and then on Tuesday night we play Melbourne City. So for us, it's two uh, two good games. It's two big games. We're still catching up on the on fixtures due to the COVID uh, cancellations. But, yeah, look, we're here with a full squad and we're uh, confident we can go into the game tonight and get a result.
1: Mate, I've got to say, from a coaching perspective, you must be looking forward to season 2022-23 20, because you may have some sort of normal season because everything that's happened in this first year of your... Uh, at the helm of the club has just been, you know, so different to what you could have only expected it to be. You know, with all the restrictions around COVID and, and whatever else, and all those things that have popped up, mate, you've handled it very well, and you should be very proud as a coach to be able to adjust, especially as a uh, in your first year, to be able to adjust and uh, cope with all those pressures uh, outside of what happens from a coaching perspective.
5: Yeah, thanks, Bukes. It's been it's been obviously very uh, very disjointed. It's, it's been really hard to get any cohesion. And look, up, and, up until Christmas, um, and obviously then the, the COVID, the COVID uh, really hit the club, and yeah, we've sort of been getting players uh, back over the last sort of you know, six, seven weeks back to full health. So look, it has been difficult. We do have a really small squad, but I think to get to the final of the FFA Cup was an amazing achievement. And unfortunately, we didn't, uh, we didn't come home to the, the Central Coast with the FFA Cup this year. Um, but look, in the league, it's yeah, it's been very, uh, very, very challenging. Um, you know, very challenging for everybody and. And yeah, now we've got games to make up and and obviously players to get back fully fit. So it's, uh, yeah, it has been really challenging. But I think we've really seen um, the attitude of some of these young boys that have really, really grown into professional football. And for them as well, it's been really challenging. So I think, you know, in in the long term, a bit of short-term pain, long-term gain for a lot of these boys because they've come so far in, in, in a short space of time. But it would be great to have normality back and, and yeah, everybody just wants to play football. So we've got a lot of games coming up now and, and it's going to be good to actually uh, get a run of games instead of uh, obviously, uh, you know, weeks and weeks between games. So yeah, it's, I think now it's going to be a real good run towards the end of the season.
0: Hey, Nick, on Wednesday night for SEN, I was lucky enough to call the match between Wanderers and Melbourne Victory. So I got a look at victory firsthand and it was a 2-0 loss. Tate Russell, the right fullback, scored with a header in the 55th minute. Great goal. And it came after some sustained pressure from the Wanderers. Dimi Petrados scored from the penalty spot in the 80th minute. Here's how it unfolded on SEN. Dimmy Petrados, can he make it two in two matches? He does. Goes to the right hand side, Dimi Petrados.
1: How good was that commentating? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who was that guy? Uh,
0: I <laughs> thought we might get a little bit more of the theatre. <laughs> that's the uh, the no, short I, I, highlights.
5: Yeah, I went to that game with my assistant, Sergio, so we had to watch that live. And, and yeah, look, it was good to, good to see the game live. And, and yeah, i say we've, we've got a game plan. We're, we're in we're getting, against victory tonight. Last night we went and watched Melbourne City when we arrived uh, into Melbourne. So, yeah, we've, we've watched uh, both teams. And, 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 yeah, we'll go to both games with a, with a game plan and, and like we do every week. You know, we'll go out and try and get, get the three points.
0: Yeah, I thought the first 45 against the Wanderers in Melbourne victory... Thought it was actually a pretty poor first half, but then we got a couple of goals, and uh, the Wanderers desperate for three points, and they got it at home at, at Wonderland. And last night, City just too good for the Jets. I mean, that goal right on half time was costly for the Jets, and then they went down to ten men, Monty, in the second half. The Jets.
5: Yeah, they did. I mean, like you said, then you know, a tough time to concede a goal just on just on half time. But you know, obviously look at us last week against Macarthur and Perth. Two games we should have won, and we conceded an in injury time in both games. So I mean, look, that's football. You have to concentrate for the full 45 plus injury time, and then obviously the second half. You know, it's it's a 90 minute plus injury time game. So if you lack in concentration, it can it can really hurt you. So yeah, for Jets to concede then was was it uh, was tough, and obviously going down to 10 men is always going to be a big ask against a team like Melbourne City. So look, plenty of opportunity for us last night to watch well, to watch City and, and yeah, like you said, we'll, we'll go into both games now with a, with a strategy and, and you know, knowing how they've been playing and hopefully uh, categorize that and, and put in two good performances while we're
1: here uh, Monty, I'm always keen you know, to understand the philosophies behind coaching and, and how it all plays out, but in particular now, you mentioned earlier these young guys that have come into the squad uh, Harry Steele um, who's the left back? What's his name? Uh, Farrell, 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 yeah, Yeah. Dan Hall, etc. You know, there's a whole host of them that have come into the squad over the last couple of seasons. And um, it's the rigours of the week-to-week soccer, and in this case it'll be, you know, they might play three games in seven days or, you know, four games in ten days, whatever it may be. It's that physicality and being able to back up and back up and back up and do it all again. That's the true test for these kids as to how long... They will sustain their career in the A League or go beyond. Uh, and that, for you, I guess, is the biggest test as a coach, also, is to how to get them going and to keep them fresh, but also, you know, so that, you know, so their best game is an eight and a half or a nine, and that worst game doesn't become a two or three for them.
5: Yeah, for sure. I mean, not consistency is a big thing, and, you know, young players do have a lot of inconsistency, but. I think, you know, you talk about building resilience in these young players, it's, it's about being able to play a game and back up and, and play another game because, you know, that that's the, that's the experience and, and, and the minutes that they need in the legs to really push on and prove that they can sustain a career, not only in the early league but overseas, but, I mean, look, we don't have a massive squad, obviously we will have to make a couple of changes, you know, three games in, in, in a week as, as opposed to two games in, in two months, which was what we had not long ago so yeah, yeah I think it's just that inconsistency of, of playing games not playing games and you know I'd rather play games all the time so look it's going to be a test for the squad but I mean the boys are chomping at the bit now and we've got Nikolai Muller back fully fit and Ron Tony uh, coming back to you know back back to full fitness so it, it, for us it's a good time to be playing games and, and yeah we're really looking forward to it and, but it's always going to be a test for, for, for the young players that haven't experienced it before but I think you know I'm, I'm really uh of the boys and, and what they've done this season already. So there's plenty of games to go, plenty of points to play for. And, and yeah, we're you know, we're excited for the rest of the season.
0: Hey, Nick, can you believe we're getting the wind-up from our producer, Justin, who's steering the ship today uh, back at headquarters? Mate, uh, also, just finally, in 25 words or less, if Josh Nisbick gets on the park, it'll be a milestone match. his 50th oh. in the A-League. And, you know, that is just a fantastic story. And what a player he's been.
5: Yeah, and he's been fantastic, you know, 50, 50 games, you know, it's a good milestone, 100, 150, 200, you know. It always starts and, and you look at that first milestone, so for Nizzi, it's, 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 it's good. He had a good start to the season, a couple of, uh, you know, couple of uh, little niggly uh, COVID and, and a groin issue. But looking back to it now, chomping at the bits of play, so he's got every chance to play tonight. and He'll you know, be a big player for us in the next couple of games.
0: Yeah, awesome, mate. Good luck uh, down in Melbourne. We'll be cheering for you tonight and also against City in a couple of days' time. Head coach of the Central Coast Mariners, Nick Montgomery, thanks for your time.
5: Cheers, guys. Have a good weekend.
0: Yeah, will do. Let's go straight to a break here. It's Saturdays on the coast. We're live from the water polo at PLC. And I see to my left, I mean, this is who's coaching at grassroots level. That is big Daniel Robinson, who's played at the highest level in Australia. Locally, he's won probably about 11 or 12 premierships and uh, along with him and also Mitchell Baird, they have been superstars, not just locally but also in the National League, so great to see the brains trust at grassroots and giving back to the sport that they love. Saturdays on the Coast on SEN.
3: BJ Howes Metal Land. The Coast's tradies choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit BJHowes.com.au You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track.
0: Yeah, good morning. Great to be with you. And we're live from the water polo and just loving this. Our kids started at around about the same age. So the under 12s, in fact, they started, Corey was 8, Talia was 10. And uh, teams from right around New South Wales are here today. We're loving watching the action and some great skill from all of the teams involved. So let's uh, paint the picture here. So it's the pool has been split into two, yes. the 25-meter pool. And there's games happening on either side. Uh, we might have a goal coming up here. In fact, it's a pass, pass back, back to the keeper. Was Was Corey and Talia were they standouts at this age? Oh, look! I've got to say they were chomping at the bit to yep. play the game. Uh, and you know they play in the backyard pool. They just couldn't wait to get involved, like most kids. And uh, yeah, they don't really they don't really care too much about the score line. It's just having fun with your mates. Yeah, of course. But could you say? Could you go? Oh, wow! He's pretty good at this. I would, or
1: She's pretty good at this.
0: I'd say both. Yeah. Uh, to be biased, uh, like there was an under twelve tournament in Sydney where even opposing coaches were coming up and saying about Corey because yep. he was a bigger kid. It's a sport where you can be a little bigger.
1: He's now, got the world's biggest hands as well.
0: Now, of course, you've seen he's uh, you know he's streamlined and he's grown into his body. But yep. at, at that age, he was a very big young boy. And he was able to throw his weight around, even at that young age. Hey, uh, let's go live to Sevens by the Sea. This is a fantastic rugby tournament. In fact, right about now, the Razorbacks are playing Hornsby, and Terrigal are up against Briars, but there's teams from all around country New South Wales involved. Let's go live to one of the organisers, uh, Scott Moroni, Good morning, mate. And um, how's the action been so far?
6: Good morning, guys. How are you? Uh, yeah, fast and furious. It was an early start. for Some of them here at about 5.30, but uh, we're running the time and uh, the first men's pool games have been run and won and the ladies are on now. So. S-
1: Scott, how many teams do we have competing throughout the entire tournament?
6: Uh, biggest tournament ever yet for us in our eighth year. So 16 men, well 15, we had one pull out with COVID history last night, but so 15 men's teams, eight ladies.
0: Wow, fantastic. Yeah, and the lakes have been in action today. So congratulations to your club. Uh, How would you go against Warner earlier today?
6: Uh, so we actually ended two teams to fill a, uh, another withdrawal. They had an uh, early win, and uh, our top team won as well. So, it's a good start for us, yeah.
0: Yeah, Scotty, tell us more. Like uh, we mentioned earlier, the eighth annual event. Um, so there's obviously a lot of people at the Lakes Rugby Club that deserve credit for this. Well done to your club as well in the last couple of years. You've become a real powerhouse in Central Coast Rugby.
6: Yeah, look, we, we have uh, turned the corner. We had a rough couple of years, but the last five or six years we've built pretty well and uh, now become one of the top four or five clubs, which is, uh, which is pleasant to see for sure,
1: yeah. Uh, Scotty, who's the... Uh who would you suggest would be the favourites in the men's and the women's divisions? Uh, who's looking really good at the moment?
6: Uh, look, uh, Carryong had an early win. They won last year, so they'll definitely yep. be tough to beat. I'm hopeful our guys will uh, will make it through. Obviously a little bit biased there, but Boy uh, Woi look like they've got a very strong squad this year compared to last year, so uh, they took OK as well, I think.
1: And has the uh, football been spectacular, mate, or the rugby been spectacular?
6: Yeah, no, some great tries scored, and uh, all school games are only five minutes halves stop and finish on the Hooter. So, uh, for
0: sure. See, Buttes, this is a classic case of if you build it, they'll come. Yeah. yeah, I know this has been a fantastic event. We would have loved to have been there today as well. How far away are we, Scott, from the normal competition getting underway in Central Coast Rugby? And Butes mentioned earlier about. Yeah, how good it is that we are getting back to some kind of normality after numerous disrupted seasons.
6: Yeah, that's right. Well, the comp proper starts on the 2nd of April. So, uh, um, yeah, hopefully we don't get any COVID disruptions this year. But, I I mean, things seem to be settling down in the general community as well. So, hopefully we'll get a full season in, which would be
0: great. Scotty, you're coaching as well. So, you're wearing numerous hats you said you got there at 5.30am, but you're also head coach. Tell us more.
6: Yeah, well, I actually only look after the sevens program. We've sort of... We attend three or four sevens every year now, and it's good for us as a recruitment tool. The CGM boys that play with us, they love the sevens, so that's good to bring along, but uh, they don't need much coaching, I'll tell you.
1: <laughs> yeah, it'd be a fair point, mate. Hey, Scott, we yeah. wish you all the very best for the tournament, mate, and really appreciate your time this morning. Uh, we've got one more break coming up before we hit the news, but... Uh, that's the late sevens by the sea. Head on down there for some great rugby action.
0: Yeah, great stuff. Scotty Moroni joining us. Uh, really appreciate your time. Uh, we're off to a break. Uh, we're back in just a few moments. After 10 o'clock, this is huge. We've mentioned about Molly Picklam on this show, the young lady who's on the World Surf Tour. Can you believe yesterday she defeated a five-time world champion and Olympic champion in Carissa, Carissa Moore. Moore big. We'll talk more about that after 10. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN.
3: BJ Howes Metalland, The coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track.
0: Yeah, welcome back live from the water polo at PLC and loving the action. We just saw Jason Carpenter, who's a former Sterling medal winner, uh, one of the best to ever lace on a boot with Woi Woi in the Central Coast Rugby League, also mm. played with the Balmain Tigers. Text line is 477 Seven three six seven three six. That's 477 736, 736 There was a message come through earlier from the Bald Badger, and uh, he was having a crack at you, Buttes. Uh, I think you called his number one. He's the number one fan, right, the yeah, Bald Badger? A, yeah, yeah. You may have called him a pest a couple of weeks ago, and he can't let it go.
1: Oh, it's okay. Well, you can get over stuff. But, but he is a pest at times, but a good one.
0: Yeah, I'll a tell good you, one. right in front of us is the uh, Green Bay Packers uh, jumper, and uh, a famous jersey. Favre. Yeah. yeah, Brett Favre. Brett Favre, it rem- what a quarterback! It reminds us too that uh, from Los Angeles we had the Super Bowl last weekend, and it doesn't get much bigger in world sport, does it? Uh, in in LA, what about the halftime show? I would, Incredible! I would
1: suggest the Super Bowl is probably the biggest annual event in the world. Right? You know, you can talk about the World Cup soccer. That's every four years, the Olympics every four years. But I would suggest the Super Bowl is the biggest annual event on the sporting calendar.
0: Was it the best halftime show you've ever seen? No. Uh,
1: not for me. I you know, I'm not into that. You're not a rap man. I'm not a rap man, so but you know, well, it was great <laughs> to see Snoop Dogg and who else Fitty said. M&M. M&M. 50% um,
0: yeah. upside down. Yes, correct. Yeah, what, like about, what about the game itself? So the Rams get the job done late, 23-20 against the Bengals.
1: Yeah, great effort from the uh, Rams considering they lost Odell Beckham uh, at half. T- oh, sorry, before, I think just in the second half with an ACL injury. Uh, Matt Stafford stealing them around the, uh, steering them around the park. Uh, Cooper Cup taking out the MVP with two touchdowns. And that very important one with about a minute 20 or a minute 30 seconds to go. Uh, yeah Rams were probably the better side on paper um, but the uh, was it the Bengals they certainly uh they certainly put it to them Burrows couldn't get the job done with that last minute just couldn't get it done unfortunately
0: yeah after the news we're going to catch up with Jess Grimwood surfing commentator about the performance of Molly Picklum at sunset Beach taking down five-time world champ Carissa Moore
3: BJ Howes Metal Land, the coast's tradies choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhouse.com.au. Welcome to Saturdays on the Coast with Steve Allen and Michael Butner on SEN Track.
0: Yeah, welcome back live to PLC, Peninsula Leisure Centre, about to go to Jess Grimwood in a few moments after Molly Picklum defeated five-time world champion and Olympic champion Carissa Moore in Hawaii yesterday and then went down narrowly in the quarterfinals. Right now though, organiser of this tournament from Water Polo New South Wales Paula Woolley. Good morning, how you doing?
7: Good morning Steve, I'm well how are you?
0: Uh, Fantastic Uh, I just said before our daughters were part of the Breakers Dream team and just loving watching these juniors in action down here. How many teams from around New South Wales?
7: So today today and this weekend we have 23 um, under 12 teams which is absolutely awesome um, for a two-day event. So, yeah, lots of kids, is 200,
1: 230 kids. Paula, is, it, uh, is this the
7: start of their career in water polo, the, the 12 age group? Absolutely. This is grassroots. This is where it all begins. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it, the, the rules are a bit modified to what normal water polo would be. Yeah. But, yeah. It's yeah, you,
1: you can see that. now. I was talking to Steve before about how hard it is for the goalkeepers like, basically, they're just trying to stay afloat. You just see their head above water. So, and any, either side of them, it's really hard for them to, uh, to save their goals.
7: Absolutely. Yeah, they've just got to learn their little egg-beating <laughs> technique. Okay, can their imagine. Legs are, legs are going a million miles an hour uh, underneath the water. Uh, hey,
0: by the way, uh, so from grassroots to two of your daughters now playing at the highest level in the country in the National League with the Dremoyne Devils, and they'll be in action this weekend?
7: They will be. They're playing this afternoon or this evening at Dremoyne. Um, They play UNSW, so, yeah, it'll be a a tough match for them. Um, Very exciting. I'm not sure if I'll make it back in time to watch them. I hope that I can, but hubby James will be there anyway. Yeah, but
0: both doing a fantastic job, Mm. and they've both been uh, Australian junior players, and who knows what might happen in the future with Paris and also... Los Angeles. Uh, tell us more why
7: the Narwhal Cup. So is that, that's some kind of whale, right? It's some kind of whale. It's just We just wanted to um, create an event with the name Take Ownership of the event. We hope that this is something that we can do annually here on the Central Coast for the kids. Um, and yeah, so just something fun for and, the juniors. You know
1: what, it's a great facility to be able to do this. You can see that it's a modified game with the, the pool boots split in half. Again, just accommodating uh, I guess the skill level, but also the size of these young kids. And if they were out on a, a full-size pitch, it'd be really hard to <laughs> yeah. They'd
7: die. Yeah, yeah, great, they, yeah. They would be, yeah, they'd really tire very easily. So, yeah, the rules and and um, pool size has been modified to cater for their ability at this, at this level.
0: Hey, by the way, um, our condolences. Water Polo New South Wales lost a real stalwart. Uh, he went to Victoria in the end and ran... Waterpolo Polo down there. I'm sure you'd like to say a few words about David Whittaker.
7: Yeah, David, um, you know, when he took over the CEO role at Waterpolo New South Wales, implemented a lot of new initiatives and some of them are still carrying on today. So thanks to David that we have 12s, we have grassroots junior development and we've just sort of run with that and tried to, to expand and grow. Yeah, yeah.
0: there's uh, another under 12 tournament that we all love and that's run by the Balmain Club. Uh, is that still going after all these years?
7: Yes, it is. COVID affected this year, but definitely, um, it's a great tournament that Balmain Emory does a lot of work for them um, and gets that tournament running. I think it's been over 10 years now that that's been going. Hey, so,
0: by the way, at this level, do they play semi-finals and finals, or is it all about fun?
7: It's all about fun. It's just this weekend, every team will play five games. That was the the main initiative is that they play three games a day. It's great for the coaches then to be finish one game, talk to their kids about things that they can learn and progress and develop for the next game. So, and so we do that three, three games today and two games tomorrow for some. Can I just
0: ask you, too, about the Tokyo Olympic Games? Uh, I know as a family, uh, I know my daughter Talia, who still plays and loves the game. Uh, we were ecstatic to see that I think there was about five girls that she played with or against that were in Tokyo, and you guys must have felt exactly the same way.
7: Absolutely. Sitting there watching, you know, Bronte and um, Tilly, it was awesome. You know, my two favourite players, of course, Um, ex-Breakers girls. But, yeah, no, it was awesome to watch. So that's
0: that's a good one, Butes, because I think I've said on this show, Bronte Halligan... It's probably the best junior player that I've seen in in the women's game. How do you you feel about that, Paula?
7: Absolutely, yeah. And and a great role model for the sport, you know. Um, Always gives back to her community and grassroots. Um, You know, on the northern beaches where she's from, we run junior development programs every term, every week, Friday and Sundays. And when Bronte's available, you know, she'll pop up and,
4: yeah.
0: and and
7: help out with the kids and loves it. And huge
0: played with her dad.
7: Ah. Yeah, a yeah. long time ago. long, long time, long time ago.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, look, congratulations on what you've managed to achieve here like, over this you. weekend. It's fantastic to see, again, and uh, we touched on this earlier, but to see community sport back alive and well, it just gives us that sense of normality again. And, Absolutely, yeah. um, It's great to see people being able to enjoy their sport watch their kids participate, and you know what? The fact of the matter is it's not about winning or losing here. It's just about the development of the game, uh, and for me that's really important at this grass at uh, level.
7: Yeah, it's about getting the kids to love the sport. That's, yep. that's what this is about, and yep. this, these under-12s events. I've yeah. seen
0: some high-level coaches too. So uh, Daniel Robinson, who played National League, he's been coaching. Yep. He's on the far side of the pool. Hey, by the way, you're, um, you're better half. I mean, he's the male model from the Northern Beaches, James Woolley. <laughs> He's already messaged me trying to find out what channel we're on, so it's 8.01 a.m., or you can listen on the SEN app. And for James, well, I mean, what a good-looking hombre he is. A little Neanderthal, perhaps, (laughs) but... if he misses this, there's a catch-up podcast as well.
7: Oh, he'll love that. He'll love that, yeah. Because he, he said, you should do this, you should do this. I went, no, no, I am not. I haven't got a voice, I haven't got a voice. So, yeah, you've, anyway, I'm here.
0: So. You've been so good, I think we're giving you a standing <laughs> ovation. Yeah, it
7: doesn't happen that
1: often. First one today.
7: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And only probably. <laughs>
0: the, the great Paula Woolley. Uh, it's 10 past 10 on this Saturday. Let's talk some surfing. Jess Grimwood joins us on the line. Been waiting patiently. Uh, Jess, good morning and... Wow, what a performance yesterday. The best of her career by Molly Picklum. Tell us more.
8: Yeah, good morning, guys. And I was standing up and clapping for Paula, too. She was great on the radio. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Jess, Jess, we've missed you. <laughs> <laughs> we so have missed worried. you. Where's the third wheel me. gone? But it's good to have you back.
8: I, I know. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I've been peeing on you guys, been surfing around the surfing scene and all the comps. At the moment but yeah surfing it's on right now um the semi-finals for the women in sunset are on but unfortunately all the aussies are out but like you said yesterday molly Picklam took out five-time world champ and olympic gold medalist carissa and it was just a huge huge kind of arrival for her on the championship tour and it was it was epic i went into the water here at home and everybody in the water was talking about it no one surfed during her heat everyone stayed home watched it and Unfortunately, unfortunately, she lost in the semi, but yeah, it was a really good arrival for her.
1: What an impact she's had already. I think she finished ninth in the first tournament, uh, and now mm-hmm. to make the quarterfin- or semifinals. Uh, quarterfinals, or no, semi finals. Quarterfinals? Yeah. Uh, quarterfinals, yeah. He's, yeah, is just phenomenal. And to take out, you know, five time world champion, like that is a big tick for her. And what amazed me is that, and it's amazing, Jess, when you think about. This young girl actually didn't qualify as such, but due to one of the other athletes pulling out, she got her opportunity and she's grabbing it with both hands.
8: Yeah, it just it just shows that she was just so ready for the spot. And, like, luckily, yep. you know, fate or whatever it was, like Katie Simmers um, declined her position because she felt she was too young. She wanted to stay at home for a bit longer. And Molly got the chance and she deserves the spot. And, like, it's... I can liken this rookie season like we've never really seen it before in surfing um, especially in women's surfing when this many rookies turn up on tour and they absolutely school the veterans. It's kind of like I would imagine if you turned up to um, the opening two rounds of the NRL and all these brand new debutante players were just sidestepping the likes of like Ado Car and all these really well established superstars of the sport. That's what's been happening to the first two events for the women's surfing and it's like pretty much just shook up everything and rattled all of the world
0: champs' cages. Yeah. Hey, Jess, so at the moment, Malia Manuel ahead of Gabriella Bryan in the semi-finals, And then coming up from Costa Rica, Brisa Hennessy up against Betty Lou Sakura Johnson in the second semi semi-final. I uh, just want to get your opinion. So Molly went down against Brisa Hennessy. It's just my opinion as a long-time observer of women's surfing. I thought Brisa Hennessy's 8.6 was a little overscored, but how did you see it?
8: Um, yeah, I mean, it's hard not to think that too. You know, we're all going for Molly. We'd love to have seen it gone her way. But I don't know, Br- Brice is kind of a veteran and they, they've always really loved her style of rail surfing. And I know, um, I don't know, sometimes it's a bit weird with the broadcasting to <laughs> lose a bit of the, like, extractor factor of the waves, and, and you kind of go, how in the world did they get that score? Like, that didn't look good at all. But sometimes on the beach it looks a little different. Um, mm. So, I don't know. I'll, I'll give Brissa the benefit of the doubt. I think she's a good surfer, but I would have loved to see Molly get the not on that one. But, yeah, we'll see. what Going into the next part of the season, like, there is a good possibility that one of these rookies and one of the Aussie girls, like either Molly or India, Robinson uh, like, could possibly have a shot at the world title, especially looking at the waves for the next few stops. Like, They suit Molly and they suit India down to a tee and they've already rattled the big girls on tour, so they've got the confidence and they're kind of you know, pretty good at travelling around those parts of Europe and where they're heading to, so I don't know. I, I'm, I'm going to put it out there really early. And I said it to our club last night that I reckon Molly could bring home a world title in her rookie year.
0: Yeah, wow. Wow, you've heard it here first. That is a massive scoop. Jess the Scoop Grimwood, here we go. Hey, Jess, uh, we'd like to talk some more surfing. Are you able to stay with us for uh, one more break this morning?
7: Yeah, of course.
0: Yeah, beautiful. Jess Grimwood joining us, surfing commentator. Third
1: wheel. Podcaster. She's done it all.
0: Yeah, I tell you, and last week uh, or a couple of weeks ago at the uh, Board Riders' Battle where North Shelley won the Australian title... Jess was absolutely outstanding and such a privilege to have her around our show. We're back in a few moments. It's Saturdays on the Coast on SEN.
3: BJ Howes Metal Land. The Coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhouse.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track.
0: Yeah, we're back live at the Junior Water Polo. Thanks again to Paula Woolley for joining us from Waterpolo New South Wales. Under-12 tournament, the World Cup, and really loving the action this morning and uh, getting to chat to uh, a lot of the fans and parents as well. Hey, let's go back to Jess Grimwood. Jess, we're talking surfing. Molly Picklem at Sunset Beach, massive win yesterday, but we're down to the semifinals as well in the men, and there is one Aussie still remaining in the men's semi-finals. Tell us more.
8: Yeah, there is. We've got Ethan Ewing um, still in the semi, so he'll be facing up against um, the Japanese surfer, Kanoe Garashi, pretty soon. I think after the women's semi, because they want to finish up um, the event. I think that's what they're planning for, because the conditions are going to deteriorate over there. So it's pretty cool to have him still kicking, especially over in Hawaii. I mean, the women's is now dominated by only Hawaiians less we did just lose the last other Aussie guy that was in the draw, um, Jack Robinson. He just lost to Kanoa um, before, but yeah, the Aussies, like I said, like it's just a real time for Aussie surfing to come back. There's all the rookies that are showing up, and there's you know some of the other guys that have had a year or two on tour that are just surfing like out of their skins at the moment. There's this real revamp of that mongrel Aussie surf culture on tour.
1: Jess. We've been talking about the rookies and how well the Aussies have been going. I want to talk about a veteran and what he did last uh, event at Pipeline. The guy, <laughs> somebody <bloke> called <laughs> Kelly Slater, um, who is 49, well, was 49 years of age when he took out that title. Um, it was a couple of days away from turning 50, which well, is just phenomenal.
0: Well, he is 50 now, Yep, the 11th of Feb.
1: To hmm. think that he was able to still compete at that level. And you could see the emotion uh, on his face because he knows how (laughs) significant that is. To do that at his age is absolutely phenomenal. Um, uh, Sum it up for me, how did you see it?
8: Um, I, I I just watched his performance and just thought like, who in any other sport around the world ever in the history of sport has done what he's done? Like who can say that they've had a 30 year long elite Career in their sport, and no matter how many new waves of generations and styles and tricks comes at him or different formats to for surf the championship tour in, he's still able to win it. Like, that's just he's like otherworldly, he's, he's incredible. And, and to think that his body is working like that at 50, I mean, yeah. come on, that's its I feel like that's not a normal thing. Like, you can feel your body start to break down after you know those years of elite training and the abuse that it cops competing at that level like you would know with football like how is his body still holding up to that level when there's 17 18 year old men coming up with all the tricks in the book that still can't overtake him like he's incredible i think he's still got another five years in him at least too wow
0: so so what jess is saying here this morning is that we're talking about the greatest of all time across any sport probably quite
1: possibly and and you know what jess you, you actually make a really valid point there he's been in the sport for 30 years right So, what he was doing 30 years ago, he has had the ability over that time to adapt, to change his style, to, you know, continue to evolve as a surfer, right? Which I dare say, those rookies have kept him young and have kept him alert and kept him on his game because, you know, that's not easy to do to keep evolving because what you did back then was good enough for you. But unfortunately, it's not good Mm. enough now, so he's had to evolve and you know, develop his, you know, ability to surf and how he rides and take it to a whole different level.
8: Yeah, I, I mean, like, he, maybe, maybe that's a good point Duke, but he's the greatest um, at adaptation rather than the greatest at surfing because he just, he just changes and changes and changes. And, I mean, can you imagine if somebody in football played for 30 years and won a premiership pretty much? half oh. that time, 50%? So like, every second year, they've won a premiership for 30 years like that. Well, I can't imagine that happening in another sport. Well,
0: well, you know, Jess, there is someone who's played for 30 years, but not at the NRL level. And and if you're talking about the greatest rugby league player of all time, now, this could sound like an outlandish statement, but Cliff Lyons has played for that Long Buttes. So, yeah,
1: but you've got to bear in mind, what Kelly Slater did was at the top echelon of his sport. Like, he's gone out and taken these guys on.
0: I'm just thinking about someone who's had longevity in a sport.
1: So longevity is great, and I think it puts you in that echelon. But you know what? To do what he did is just phenomenal. 11 times world champion, and to come out at the age of 49. And, and And you know
0: what else he does? He's got this ability to win at the last second. I've never seen anyone like him, Jess, who can just read the swell, have nerves of steel in terms of being patient and waiting for the right wave, and then he'll just nail an unbelievable barrel and get like a 9.8 like he did at Pipeline. Yeah,
8: yeah, he's he's just got... He's just freakish. They, they call him the GOAT, you know, across our sport and across other sports, and he just is. He's freakish, and I, I hear, like... I don't know him personally, but I hear it is like the Kelly Slater show, so I think he's that's going to drive him because he's just all about his career and his surfing he's just as any great athlete has to be completely focused on his own performance and apparently there's no signs of that showing up so he's all about the kelly show and i think he's just chasing the limits of what he can do i I think it's not become numbers now world titles for him i think it's just like can he keep going how many is he going to win like until he literally gets pulled off because his legs don't work anymore or something
0: Hey, uh, Jess, uh, just before you go this morning, you're on the board of Sports Central Coast, so congratulations on that appointment. You also want to say something about the Sports Star of the Year Awards, which are coming up next month, and particularly to a lot of the sports people, the teams, the volunteers, uh, the officials on the Central Coast who need to get an application in for the Sports Awards as soon as possible.
8: Yeah, I mean... they're they're open, the the nominations are still open and it's it's been a weird year, I know for everybody with sport that maybe they think that they don't qualify for the award but they're well and truly open for nomination and regardless if your sport got to finish or not I'm sure that you can find somebody in your club or in your team or your son or your daughter um, is eligible for it so you can just jump on Central Coast Sports Awards and it's pretty easy web form, I had a look at it again yesterday and, yeah, the, the nomination drove and we're going to have the sports awards in March and it's such a good opportunity um, to take home that award and, you know, a little bit of um, extra prizes to top up the next year's career run. I mean, I think I was a junior recipient of one of the awards and it it just really gave me a bit of confidence, so I, I really encourage just, you know people in your teams or it, regardless of the sport, finishing the COVID season or not, just jump on and have the nomination and see how it
0: pans out. Yeah, well done, Jess. Great to have you on the show this morning. In fact, that could be our second standing ovation yeah, of the day. she's I, outstanding. i tell you what, I think she's getting better and better. Look what we've created. <laughs>
1: Career best form, what, Jess. Career we best form. Created a
0: monster. Oh, a good one,
8: though. Yeah, Jess, Jessica, created we... the
0: monster. Thank you so much for your time. We'll catch up soon.
8: Thanks, guys. Have a good day over there.
0: Jess Grimwood talking surfing. Uh, We mentioned about officials just a second ago. Have a look at this, Buttes. Directly in front of us on the far side of the pool as well. What are you seeing? Tell me what you're seeing.
1: I see two guys in sync putting their hands up and blowing whistles at the same time.
0: Uh, What else do you see about them? Describe something else. They're young. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I would
1: suggest they're probably around teenage years, maybe early 20s tops, but... You know, that 17, 18, 19-year age.
0: Yeah, and that's exactly what we need, don't we? Yep. Yeah. Yep.
1: It's important to get these uh, young people involved in officiating, and it appears that this sport is its not open to the uh, abuse from crowds as much as some of the other sports.
0: Well, you know, that's uh, thats always something that's spoken about at, at every sport, I guess, is respect and tolerance. Yes. Zero tolerance.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's important. <laughs> you know, ultimately, our kids learn from us and our behaviours uh, that we display and... Express so it's important that uh, they understand that whatever happens with the referee and how they how they officiate, just, just let on, it be
0: get on with the game. But a couple of minutes here, uh, we spoke earlier about Knights versus Bulldogs. You want to elaborate in the next couple of minutes about the Knights? You said it's all about the man at, at the back, the well, Queenslander Caelan Ponga. Well, I think
1: it is. I think you know I said before two words Caelan Ponga. They had you know they finished seventh last year with 12 wins, which I've got to say actually surprised me when I look back on it. Um, but when I look at the likes of Mitchell Pearce, Connor Watson, who they've now lost, they look a little bit short around their spine, and it's a very inexperienced spine at that, outside of Caelan Ponga. Jaden Braley's out injured at the moment, so he's recovering from an Achilles injury. So when you look at that, that is a big concern for the Newcastle side. And, uh, I just don't know... Um, whether they're going to do enough to get into the semifinals this week, or this year, I think they'll they'll struggle to win more than they lose. Um, and so for me, the Knights, I'll, I'm going to have to see them sitting outside. Despite the fact they're a pretty strong forward pack, Safidi Brothers, Clemmer, um, you know, Frizzell. Come that's...
0: on, Buttes, call it how you told me earlier. You said this side doesn't strike fear into anyone. Uh, they don't uh, for me. Wearing the famous number seven jumper at the Newcastle Knights is a a player who's spent some time at St George Illawarra, 25 games, and uh, looks like he'll be making his debut. Adam Clune uh, played his junior footy in Orange.
1: Yeah, and, and I look at that. You know, you've got Clifford, you've got Clune, you've got uh, Randall uh, as the hooker. Um, it's just the spine's not strong enough for me. And I, you know, I'm going to give him time, and, and you know, I might be going off early here, but okay. I, I just think they might struggle a bit. Missed the eight. Yeah, I think so. All
0: right, this I'll is Saturdays on the Coast, live from the Water Polo, back in a few moments' time. We'll talk some cricket with Gary Birkinshaw on SEN. Welcome back to the Water Polo. What happened, Justin? What happened? We're back on air. You sound like you're panicking. <laughs> Everything okay? Justin, talk to us, Justin. Just missed a few seconds, if you know what I'm saying, Steve. I feel yeah, like I just what? dropped the ball over the try line. Uh, uh, great job back there, mate. And thanks so much for filling in for uh, Adam Staples, who's our usual guy. Yes. He's our guy. He's our man. He's
1: our man. But Justin's doing a great job. Don't worry about the dead air, mate. It's okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It could happen <laughs> to anybody. <laughs> Sevens by the sea is on the rugby tournament at Budgie Woy today. What a fantastic tournament that is. Surf Life Saving is on at Shelley Beach. So we've got the Masters today. Mm-hmm. The Opens tomorrow. Some of the best in the business in action. A bit of a tune-up, Buttes, before the New South Wales Championships on Sydney's Northern Beaches, which are coming up early next month. And then the Aussie titles on the Gold Coast back at Currawa in early April. Mm. And right now we're live at the Water Polo, the Under-12s tournament. The Sydney Northern Beaches breakers are in the water at the moment. Gosford just played a few moments ago against Hunter. Not that they're scoring here, but someone from Gosford told me they beat the Nova Castrians 9-6 and did a little fist pump.
1: Yeah, well, like you said, it's, whether it's win-loss or just development, uh, there's always someone who's keeping score, and yeah. uh, that's okay. Yeah, A little victory,
0: it's nice. Hey, let's go to the guy we like to call the guru, Gary Birkinshaw. Mate, good morning. Thank you so much for everything you've done for the show in the last couple of weeks. And uh, T20 this week, plenty of upsets.
4: Tell us more. Yeah, look, it was a uh, exciting last round of the Central Coast T20. And uh, where we went to the, the final round, 17 for the chance of making the top four. None of the top four sides actually won. So it was quite a, a close uh, a close finish to a lot of them. And uh, the final tally saw there were actually five sides in equal second position and another two two teams one spot out. So it was, a, it was a good finish, good competition. And we've now got the uh, semifinals to be played on Thursday night. Who we got in the
1: semis, uh, Gaz?
4: So we've got Northern Power, they're going to take on uh, King Cumber of Acre, and Southern Spirit are taking on Narara. So and mate, if you were be. a gambling
1: man, who would you be backing, mate?
4: Um, I would <laughs> say, as a guess, I reckon King Cumber might win.
1: King Cumber, King Cumber might Southern win.
4: Spirit Final. Yes, Fantastic, King Southern
1: mate. Southern Spirit Grand Final. So that's in the local uh, T20 comp. Uh, what are we looking yep. uh, in the regular comp, mate? How's everything going there? What's What have we got on this weekend? Any big clashes?
4: Mate, we've got. We're in the uh, day two of the second last round, so it's all pretty, pretty good right there, the nitty gritty at the moment. And uh, it's all pretty good have cleared out a bit on the, uh, on the at the top of it, but very, very close towards the end. Uh, Southern Spirit are coming home pretty well, so that'll, that'll be pretty hard to, to stop by a, uh, a top four spot. But the weather's probably played more more into or havoc than anything else. So second day, three games didn't get on. There's going to be some inventive captaincy required today to get some results.
0: Hey, Gaz, you know I love to name names, and uh, through the week we've seen Alex Patterson. What a performance from him. Tell us more.
4: Yeah, look, uh, Alex Patterson, he's normally at the tail end of bats around 8 or 9. he promoted himself up the order, and, uh, and he hit a nice 75 or 45 balls. But the innings of the week, though, was uh, Josh Abel out at Northern Power. coming to bat, and Northern Power were 4 for 4. And then comes out and managed to hit 81 off 43 balls with seven sixes to actually give him a win. So uh, it was a, an amazing performance.
0: Uh, that would have to be one of the best knocks in recent memory.
4: Mm. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, uh, might did you miss, miss that one?
0: Uh, I've I just said that would have to be one of the best knocks in recent memory. Uh, did you say 81 off 40-odd?
4: 81 off 43 balls, seven sixes.
0: Seven-sixes, uh, that's Bur- having a crack. Burko, it sounds like you're distracted. Are you on the golf course as we speak? I
4: just had a birdie putt I just pulled up short. Very poor birdie putt at that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, and you're not far from us. We're at PLC, so where's your home course?
4: So I'm playing at Boston at the moment. So uh, beautiful day out here. Uh, the golf's not so fast hot, but, uh, but, good, um, but good company. That's all I can say about my golf play. Although I must admit, I did just sink the par putt.
1: Oh, good on you, mate! Hey, listen, uh, the T20 with the Aussies uh, uh, against Sri Lanka—they've uh, done. Oh, there was a couple of close games early on, but uh, the uh, cream rising to the top. The Aussies starting to dominate in this series. Yeah, just a, just a bit too good. here.
4: Sri Lanka have been been pretty good over the course of the, the four games that they've. I just think they've lost momentum when they've batted and lost the big manage in every game, and instead of getting. 150, 160 runs. I've been sitting around 120, 130 and that's not really going to trouble a strong Australian batting lineup. so So, uh, compared to series, but uh, yeah, but Australia just a bit too good.
0: Uh, at that level, I don't want to throw Buttes under the bus, but I will. Uh, Buttes said he's tired of cricket at the moment at that level. He feels like it's been overexposed and he's ready to move on to the uh, winter sports. Uh, how do you feel, Burko?
4: Well, I think this T20 series against Sri Lanka has just really gone under the radar. I don't think it's created any interest whatsoever to the cricket in public. I think you have to be a real diehard to be to be watching. I think they've been getting around 11 or 12,000 people to go and watch. But you know, it's, it's, it's just to me, it's just another T20 tournament. So they're they're everywhere. If it's not an international, it's the T20 league. There's T20 leagues at the T20 league is moment going on in Bangladesh and Pakistan. And and I, am a bit like Butch. So I think I'm just I'm pretty well much over that type of cricket. But, yeah, pretty excited about the Pakistan series coming up, the test series over there, but in relation to everyday T20s, no, I'm probably over that. I'm a bit like you.
0: Yeah, well, I just said the same thing to Butts. So, you know, Pakistan, that'll pique my interest, no doubt about yep. that. Hey, uh, we're about a month away from the Alan Davidson medal. So who are some of the players in the men's and women's who might be in the frame?
4: Right, so just the Alan Davidson medal. I reckon um, if I had to put a winner, probably I reckon Sean Eaton, There'll be a chance in Brisbane Water. He's had a good series with with the country. He's just made the countryside as well. Um, Dylan Robertson is the the reigning medalist. He'll be very, very hard to beat also. And I think Lockie Corks in some spirit, he's done done really well as someone who's who's really improved as the years have gone on. For the women, I reckon the women will be very, very close to their their player of the series. I think Piper Hook's been very good for Lizro. Ella Merritt has been sensational for for terrible matching. So if I was a betting person, I'd try to be out of those two.
0: Yeah, you said about Dylan Robertson. Have we seen many players go back-to-back in the Alan Davidson medal?
4: No, no one's gone back-to-back, so I think he's a, he's a good chance. He's had a fantastic year for King Cumberavocca. What we didn't do as well as he normally do for Central Coast, so that all, that all counts as well as uh, not just the 1st great competition here, but also represented cricket, so he wasn't quite as strong as what he, he did as he, he did last year, but, but look, he'll be certainly in, in the frame. There's no doubt about that.
1: Hey, Burko, I, I want to get your thoughts and getting away from the local cricket, but back to the Australian team in particular, and I'm sure you've discussed this over the last couple of weeks while you're on the show, uh, Justin Langer. But I'd just like to hear your thoughts and how that all played out, because from my perspective, uh, it looked pretty poor from Australian cricket's point of view. Um, but I also, uh, Brian Smith, former Parramatta coach, Dragons coach, um, I spoke to him about it, and he he found it interesting, and he said, you know, obviously success doesn't automatically mean as a coach that you're going to continue uh, in your reign or tenure as a coach, but he was the right coach for that period of time. His technique and style doesn't suit where the Aussies are right now, which suddenly I went, you know what, my view on it changed based on those, you know, those thoughts and ideas. How did you see it playing out and... Do you think he deserved a longer time uh, with the Australian cricket side?
4: I had no no problem at all, Bruce, with, them not, uh, with, it, with him not continuing. I agree. That probably evolved. If you lose the players, I think you're always going to the top, the top players. But my issue is is that you if you just telling him he's not going to keep, no, you're offering him a six-month contract. He's on a hiding to nothing. Um, yes. So to me, they should have just cut him short and said, right, even before the action, you're not going to continue past this date. But good luck with the Ashes. We hope you do really well, and thanks for your service. You certainly did a good job there, but had no trouble at all with him not continuing.
1: Yeah, I just think it looked really poor for Cricket Australia, the way it was all handled.
0: Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Burko, thanks so much for your time. Shame you didn't get that birdie at uh, Royal Gosford this morning. And uh, thanks for everything you've done over the last few weeks as co-host on Saturdays on the Coast.
4: Yeah, thank you, Paul. Guys love it. Thank you.
0: Gary, the guru, Birkinshaw, off to a break. We'll come back and talk some more National Rugby League in a few moments, live from the now World Cup Water Polo, the under-12s at PLC. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN.
3: I'm all set to... Bo-
0: yeah, welcome back. We're live at the Junior Water Polo at PLC, Peninsula Leisure Centre, this fantastic venue. Thanks to the pool for having us. We've been here a couple of times over the last 12 months. We have, we have. And loving the Junior Water Polo. Hey, Buttes, apart from the Super Bowl and... And uh, Molly Picklam at Sunset Beach in Hawaii. My highlight of the week mm. is undoubtedly Dimi Papadados. So Central Coast golfer. Uh, he's aligned with Magenta Shores. But he won the Victorian Open for the second time. Shot 21 under. Six under final round. He won by one stroke. But he's also secured a berth at this year's British Open. Wow. At the home of Golf St. Andrews. So, And he also joins an illustrious... An illustrious honour roll, Peter Thompson and Kel Nagel. They're the only other players. In fact, they're two of the players that have won the Victorian Open twice. Now Dimi joins that list. Wow,
1: what a huge... You know, not only to take out the tournament, but then to have the honour of going to play in the British Open at like you said, the home of golf, St. Andrews Golf Course. So that would be just, what an experience that will be for him.
0: Yeah, so 21 under, just absolutely amazing. Yeah, he has smoked um, up
1: that course. Yeah. 600 in the final round, what a way to come home.
0: Yeah, very humble. Uh, he actually, he wasn't sure his game was in that greater condition because he hadn't featured in the finish. Yep. And, I mean, that's the way golf, golf goes, doesn't it? You know, some weeks you're hot, uh, but it's... It's trying to back up consistently, isn't it?
1: That's the key to golf, and that's what makes these good players so great is that consistency about their game and, and the, the amount of work that they put into getting the results they do. Just uh, it's, And there's a fine line, absolute fine line between that good round and, and, and the poor round.
0: Hey, Butes, you've got a spring in your step this weekend. I don't know that I've seen you like this for some time. What? It's because trial rugby league is underway. Looks like we might have a, an uninterrupted season. You've made extensive notes on some of the contenders. So, Parramatta up against St. George-Illawarra in a trial. That is at Combank Stadium in Sydney tomorrow at 6 p.m. Give us your form guide on Parramatta.
1: Well, look, you know, obviously they finished sixth last year, 15 wins. And we all remember that uh, second week of the finals, that heartbreaking loss to Penrith. Um, It was probably one of the games of the season for mine. I think it ended up eight six, but what a game it was! And
0: highly controversial. Yeah, it certainly was. But and nothing new with rugby league. And controversial because trainer on the field, game delay. Yep. That, Parramatta on the attack.
1: That guy was suspended ultimately. And uh, uh, look, Panthers went on to win the the competition. I look at their side. They've just re-signed Dylan Brown until the end of 2023. That's a huge plus for them. Junior Polos re-signed to the end of 26. Uh, Gutherson, he's there to the end of 25. So there's some real positive signs. For the Parramatta side, you look at their spine: uh, Mitchell Moses, Gutherson, uh, Dylan Brown, and Reed Marnie, who was out towards the back end of last season with that shoulder injury. He'll be back this year. He is going to the Bulldogs in 23. But and there's other players within that squad that are leaving to go to other clubs in 2023. <laughs> so look at that, and that may well bring this club together and give them the impetus, the you know, the resilience they need to get across the line because they won't be playing again come 2023. It's been a long, long time for the perimeter fans. 1986 was the last year that they won a Premier League. So I have no doubt that they will be a team that will be in the top tier of that, uh, well, the top eight teams. There's no doubt about that.
0: Well, no one knows that pressure more than you. You played there on two occasions, Yeah. uh, childhood prodigy, and then he played in the grand final in one wearing the famous seven jumper for Parramatta this weekend in the trial, Jake Arthur.
1: Yeah, you know what, a son of Brad Arthur. And, uh, you know, Jake has been at the club now for a couple of seasons and, you know, is obviously trying to establish himself. Um, obviously, he's got Mitchell Moses ahead of him, but he needs to learn his trade and to get himself in a position where he becomes a backup to Mitchell Moses or Dylan Brown and have that ability, but be one of those players that can fit in with no problems at all and put pressure on these guys uh, at any stage throughout the season
0: for him to get a spot. OK, are Parramatta a top eight side again in 2022?
1: Oh, no doubt about it. In fact, they probably, they're a top six side, OK? And if they're not top four, then they're definitely a top six side. I, I, I cannot see a side that Parramatta put on the side. they got Waka Blake in the centres as well, who, you know, is an attacking weapon. He's not playing uh, in this... Uh, trial this weekend but you know they've got a very strong side a- and I've got no doubt that they will be a team that will be featuring in the semifinals uh, and you know again I think this comes down to Brad Arthur and his coaching technique, what he needs to do to get him past that second and third week of the final series into the GF.
0: So looking at St George Illawarra this weekend so we're in the seven jumper is Moses Senbai yeah. who goes across from the West Tigers former Bulldogs player of course and then off the interchange bench Number 14, Big George Burgess. Mm, interesting. Oh, look, I, I'm not sure about the Dragons,
1: and I don't know where they're at. I, I, I don't think they've got enough there for me to suggest that they're going to be pushing for the top eight. But
0: I, everyone you listen to says their junior nursery is pretty rich with uh, great talent.
1: Well, I hope it is, because you've got to bring those kids through at some stage. And Tyrone Sloan is one of those players um, who... You know, there's plenty of, um, I, I guess, positive signs around him and, and what he can do. But he's going to have to learn, his, uh, do his time, and, and, you know, that'll take a little while. But uh, I just for me, George Boos isn't enough. Yeah, I don't the think them Embi- Ageing
0: roster.
1: I, I just can't see them being... McCulloch at Hooker. Against other sides that look so much stronger on paper. And, and you know what, if they prove me wrong, I'm happy to, you know, eat humble pie, but... I just can't see them being a top eight side.
0: Yeah, if you agree with Buttes, 04 double seven seven three six seven three six, maybe you disagree with Buttes. Uh, yep. that's probably more like it. And that's
1: okay. I'm happy to be shown otherwise, but I think yep. that
0: uh... Hey, I do notice you spoke about the Knights versus the Bulldogs, that trial on Monday. No Burton from Penrith, no Brent Naden also yep. for the Bulldogs. So a couple of the stars from the premiership winning Penrith Panthers, now at Canterbury Bankstown. Uh, not coming out for the first try.
1: Yeah, look, I, you know it's a big year for the Bulldogs. I believe you know when you consider when you consider the uh, where they're at and what have you. But um, they got Gus Gould there, and it's going to make a huge difference. I think not maybe not this year but
0: definitely next year. Yeah, right. So 2023. And beyond. The, the, the year of the dog. Positive signs for the dogs. Yeah, uh, we're off to a break. Uh, final break of the day, actually. This is Saturdays on the Coast. We'll come back and wrap everything up from PLC, Peninsula Leisure Centre at Woi in a few moments. Saturdays on the Coast on SEM. Yeah, we're back live at PLC, Peninsula Alicia, out of the under-12s, so and we've had a blast here this morning. it has been fantastic. Been good. Great
1: to see these young kids enjoying their sport uh, and enjoying the game of water polo, which is fantastic. A little mini-mod version of the game, uh, but plenty of uh, fun to be had by all, yeah. which is fantastic. I've got to say, Steve, I know we've got a race day today up at uh, Gosford, uh, the Nark.
0: Yeah, we love the Nark.
1: The Nark, aka. Well, I love the
0: Nark. I don't know you about love, you. No,
1: yeah, I'm not so sure about it. But the Nark, aka Bluey, has sent me, and he's a big listener. In fact, he loves the show. He's first.
0: And he's not just saying that.
1: No, he genuinely loves the show.
0: Um, All right, give us the Nark's best bets.
1: He's got two that he believes are good things. Gosford Race Seven, Number One, Sacramento Joe. And my understanding is at the moment it's at $2.80. Uh, and yeah, in n- Melbourne.
0: Not much value from the NARC. That's
1: okay. No, no. You don't lose money back in winners. It's one of my big things. You do not lose money and, back and in winners. And we're going to Melbourne, are we? We're going to Melbourne. Race six, number two, Forgot You. Okay. And that's looking at about $8 at the moment. So you've heard it here first. The NARC has come up with Gosford, Race seven, number one, Sacramento Joe. And in Melbourne, Race six, number two, Forgot You. Yeah. That's our hot tips. From the NARC, a.k.a. Bluey.
0: Yeah, and uh, one of our good friends of the show, Ans Jones, one of the best female AFL players the coast has seen, if mm. not the best, says if you're looking for something different, looking for extra fitness, want to try a new sport, come and try AFL at the Kalani Vale Bombers. Now, the open day, it started about 58 minutes and 34 seconds ago, <laughs> but you can still rock down, contact the club if you want to play women's AFL in 2022 one of the fastest growing sports around hey uh, butes just uh thank you again to water polo new south wales paula woolley and the entire team uh the crowd is growing so hundreds of people here yep the event's on for a couple of days the under 12s NAR world cup it's just been a delight to be here and watch this sport at the grassroots level
1: well i guess it takes you back steve to when your kids were uh and uh doing their bit trying to going to get involved in the sport and uh, now they've gone on the bigger and better things. Well,
0: it's a sport that took, uh, you know, both of my kids have had great experiences. My son played in California, in Los Angeles. Uh, So he played over there, but also now he's up in Brisbane playing National League water polo tonight. So it's a sport that's given our family so much and great to see the juniors in action today. Hey, thanks to Justin, back at headquarters steering the ship. He's done a great job. Well done, Justin. Thanks, thanks to our technician. Yeah, yeah. Awesome, mate. Hopefully we we'll get you again. Thanks to Josh Kine. Time to wrap this baby up. We're off to the races at Gosford. Mate, got to, I've got to head home and do what I've got to do. Yeah, we'll see you next Saturday. Saturday's on the coast on S. E. M.